Morning, 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 everyone, morning. How um, I I see a Cairo every now and then. Like, uh, it helps me not get migraines. Uh, it's not endorsing chiropractors, but what happens at a Cairo is you you get an adjustment. You go back to what you're supposed to be. I don't know, does anyone feel like worship was that adjustment this morning? It's like a reminder that actually Jesus is the name above all names, that, that God is holy, and actually a reminder that even when we don't see it, even when we're not feeling it, God is working and God is still God. Anyone feel like it was a good adjustment this morning? Maybe it was just, just me. So thank you, worship team. Uh, Well, long weekend, and you're all here. Amazing. Turn to the person next to you and say, well done. Well done. Good job. Getting out of bed, turning up. It's, do you know what? We are blessed when we get together, aren't we? When we gather together, when we lift up the name of Jesus, when we drink coffee and fellowship, when we get to meet, we are blessed. And so... Uh, I'm glad that you're here because you're blessing me and I hope that we can bless each other this morning in that way. Friday night we had, uh, we had youth here and we, we talked a little bit, well we talked mainly about worship but we, we spent some time imagining together and one of the things that we were imagining is if you had all the money in the world, if you had all the resources in the world, like, like what would you do with that? You know? And we looked at kind of some things that are worth a lot of money and we looked at some yachts. There's a yacht. Do you know there's a yacht that's worth like, what was it? Someone remember? $45 billion? Is that right? Oh, maybe a bit off. 4.6 there's a decimal point in there. $4.6 billion was this yacht which was made of like gold and platinum. Here, look at that. Yeah, it just looks like a drawing. That's what I got told. Anyway, we looked at like the worth of that stuff. And anyway, my mind went to how good would it be to have like some personal servants? Did anyone ever, ever think if you had all the resources? All right. Don't mention servants again. No, uh, but not not a personal a personal assistant. Maybe that's probably a better way to put it. But I um, you know, what would you get a personal assistant to do in your life if you had the resources to do it? And I I was thinking, well, get someone to clean the house. Of course, that'd be pretty good. I'd have I'd have someone. Oh, who's who's going to come and clean my house? Awesome. Uh, you'd have like a nanny. How good would a nanny be? You know, like, like spend some time with the kids, but, you know, just when they're acting up and stuff, you hand them over to a nanny. Or I actually, and I've said this before, I love cooking, uh, but how good would a personal chef be? Well, you don't have to think about meal plan. They go and buy all that, and then they make you delicious meals, like, all the time. And especially so because last night I sliced off some of my knuckle. <laughs> I've never really cut myself cooking before, and I, I got these. I got these knives for Christmas last year. They're super sharp. They're great. Anyway, I was 
I was cutting and uh, I sliced just the, the tip of my, my knuckle off. I'll, I'll show you afterwards if you want to look. The best bit was saying like, Susie, I think I've just cut myself and going back to the knife and there was just like a little circle of my flesh sitting on the knife. We just added it with the parmesan on the rest of the, the pasta. Um, who, when you were a kid, you felt like maybe you were the personal servant of your parents? Does anyone remember that feeling as a kid where you're like, you're just, I'm, why are you making me your slave? Why do you keep asking me to do things? We have now the opposite conversation with our kids, where our kids think that, We're asking them to be our servants. But I'm like, you don't do anything. We do everything for you. It kind of has gone full circle. So look forward to that, Jacob, you know, a few weeks. Um, Most of us think of servants, if we were to speak honestly, as a low position though, wouldn't we? Like if we think about how how a servant is, it's kind of like, like something that you, you have a person who would do things for you. Uh, someone who doesn't have a lot of power. Usually a servant doesn't have the power. They kind of get ordered to do things or, or they get told to do things. And I think, uh, I think we see people as important are more like world leaders. The people with the power and who are kind of super important are like, you know, world leaders or maybe even like celebrities seem to kind of have a bit of sway. But, but they're actually people who get to tell others what to do, right? They're the opposite of what a servant is. They have their own personal assistants. They have kind of those personal chefs. And uh, I was listening on a podcast the other day and someone was talking about, you know, the food that they were eating then when they kind of quizzed each other, they actually have a personal chef who does it. And so the other one was calling him out. Anyway, we, we see those people who have those influence, importance. Royals, we know that the royals have butlers and they have, you know, maids, you know. Do anybody agree with me? You know what I'm talking about, royals, yeah. Uh, we see even in like business world, bosses, you know, they have personal assistants or, or interns, who go and get them coffee. Nick, remember being an intern? I hardly ever made you get me a coffee. Uh, The way you make it as a leader in a worldly point of view is that you actually have a bunch of people serving you. And actually, the more people you have serving you makes you a more important leader in a worldly kind of a sense, right? This morning... We, we finished up our, our Streams in the Wasteland series last week on Pentecost. Uh, who enjoyed looking at that passage from Ezekiel, uh, the life-giving power of the Holy Spirit like within us and, and how actually the Holy Spirit doing that work in us means that our neighbourhoods are better, right? That actually brings life into our city, into our families, into our schools, workplaces. But this morning uh, we're... I'm not giving you a new revelation. So please don't be disappointed in me. It's not like this, like, oh, I came to hear Nath kind of say something I've never heard before. It's not going to be that at all. But can I tell you that I believe that it's a very important reminder for us. You see, I think servants get a bad rap, right? I think they get a bad rap. And I believe this morning 
that how we serve others and serving others is a kingdom value. You see, I think the servant-minded people can change our world. Similar to what we were saying about the Holy Spirit being in us, us serving others is an outworking of some of that. And I believe that if we can grab a hold of this servant-hearted idea that we can see our world, our neighbourhoods changed, our families changed. There's a story about Jesus we're going to have a look at at the text in a second. But, but we know the background of who Jesus is. And if not, I'll explain. But, but Jesus was, was the Messiah. He was this guy who was going to be the king of all kings, right? The ruler of the world. And, and, and actually, the Jewish people believed that Jesus was going to come and he was going to rescue the Jews. And in the case of Jesus' time, that was rescue the Jews from the Romans, that he was going to overthrow, that he was going to be like a strong leader, a leader who would probably go to war, uh, a leader, a real leader. And, uh, and his followers are with him, and we're going to look at a text from, from John 13 in a second. And I think people's perception of what a real leader is and what Jesus tells us are a little bit different. So in John 13, uh, Jesus is teaching his disciples, he's hanging out with them. Uh, in fact, he's, they're meeting for Passover. We've talked a bit about Passover a little bit this year. They're meeting for like a meal together. And Jesus surprises his followers, his disciples again. Because as they're meeting, Jesus gets on the ground. And he has a towel with him. And he starts to wash the feet of his disciples. Now, Simon, Simon Peter, he starts to get a bit funny with Jesus. He's kind of like, Jesus, no way will you wash my feet. No way. Uh, and Jesus is like, no, this is what I'm going to do. Uh, and Simon gets all funny and he's kind of, anyway. Verse 12, we're going to have a look at. After washing their feet. That's Jesus. He put on his robe again and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. Can we just pray? Let's pray. Uh, God, we thank you that you are always with us. We thank you uh, for your word. We thank you that it points us to truth. Holy Spirit, in these moments, may your word transform us. May it not just be head knowledge. May it move to our hearts and from our hearts to works. Holy Spirit, guide us to truth. Thank you that you, in these moments, are ministering to us. Pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Cool. So Jesus in this story is, is turning our perceptions of, of what a leader is, right? He's turning it on their head, really. He's saying like, well, a real leader in the worldly sense, well, he'd have heaps of servants who, as they walk through the door, they'd wash their feet. And he's saying, but no, in a kingdom set, 
in, the, in God's kingdom, in my kingdom, this is how leadership works. I'm going to serve you. He says that as a leader, as a teacher, as someone important, I should serve you. I don't know if you've ever washed someone's feet. Have you ever washed someone else's feet? I, like I wash my feet and I wash my kids' feet. But washing someone else's feet seems pretty repulsive to me. And when I say wash my kids' feet, I wash, wouldn't wash Jude's feet anymore. He's like past an age where it's like, no, nah, I don't want to be near someone else's feet. Um, it just seems, it seems like such a lowly thing to do, to wash someone else's feet. Yet we see Jesus doing it for his followers. Now this... The story, you may have heard the washing of the feet story before, um, but, but this isn't the only teaching Jesus has on this same idea. And in fact, it's repeated throughout all the Gospels in different forms. In Mark 9, and we're just going to read quickly, Mark 9, 33 and 35, after they arrived at Capernaum and settled in a house, Jesus asked his disciples, what were you discussing out on the road? But they didn't answer because they had been arguing about which of them was the greatest. Does anyone, this play into anyone else's mind about who the disciples are? I love, I think we talked about a few weeks ago, the, the transformation of the disciples at Pentecost. Because honestly, I read the Gospels and I'm like, the disciples, you idiots, like all the time. They just seem like fools. Anybody else? No? Just me? Thinks that? But they do all these dumb things like, arguing while they're meeting together, who amongst them is the greatest? Uh, 35, he sat down, called the 12 disciples over to him and said, whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. Whoever wants to be first must take the last place, be the servant of everyone else. In Matthew, uh, there's also a, a similar story, but it, it's kind of funny because it's not the disciples kind of arguing over who's best. This time it's actually like, like the mum of a couple of the disciples goes to Jesus and kind of asks Jesus, can my, can my sons kind of sit next to you? Like in your kingdom, can, can my sons be the ones who sit right next? Does anyone else find that a bit funny? Like your mum coming to kind of fight your fight for you anyway whatever that's normal for Sam okay good good uh, <laughs> so Matthew 20 24 when the 10 other disciples heard what James and John had asked they were indignant but Jesus called them together and said you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them but among you it will be different Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Can I just suggest this morning, this might be something we've heard before, but Jesus is clearly trying to teach his disciples something. And through this text this morning, I believe that Jesus is clearly trying to teach us something too. The way we've been taught 
in our lives, living in, a, in this world, is that to get ourselves ahead, we need others to serve us. There's actually like a value placed on if you can get ahead enough, then people will just start serving you. But that's not a kingdom value. Jesus introduces something that I think is really significant. And he says that if we could serve each other, then we would see our world changed. That we would see a different focus. That in the kingdom, that there is a different focus. We looked at the story of Pentecost last week. The start of the church, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, the promised pouring out of the Spirit. And we see amazing things. We see Peter preach with boldness. We see uh, people speaking in tongues. But do you know what happens immediately after? The believers get together, they form a community, and they start sharing everything that they own. They start serving one another. This idea that no one kind of sat on top of each other, but actually we're going to serve each other. Who knows, um, who knows that we live in a broken world? Yeah, we live in a bit of a broken world. I don't want to harp on about it too much, but we do see some awful things around our world. We see people still dying of preventable diseases. We see children still starving. We see in our own city people who are homeless, people who are hungry. We see people in our own neighbourhoods who are struggling at the moment. Who knows that if we were to reach out and serve, then we might see some of those things disappear a little bit. And you know what? Sometimes... It's easy for us to serve people who are our friends, people who you know are going to pay you back. You ever know that? Like, like I'm happy to buy a coffee for someone because I know maybe they'll probably buy me a coffee one time if I don't have cash on me or something. <laughs> who knows it's a different story when they can't return the favour. Anyone can serve someone who's going to end up repaying it. But it's harder. And if we want to be like Jesus, we need to serve those that will never pay us back. Maybe sometimes who don't even appreciate it or don't have the means to repay us. We know that Jesus, um, when he teaches, he, he gets it at, at the heart, Right? He's actually looking for our motives and, and, and how he transforms our heart. But James has a bit of a reminder that when our hearts are changed, it actually results in us acting differently, doesn't it? If there's true heart change, that we actually start living our lives differently. Behaviours change. And James reminds us very clearly in James 2.14. He says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, 
goodbye, have a good day, stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Can I tell you that verse there is a controversial one when it comes to putting the Bible together, the canon of the Bible. That verse almost excluded James, that book of James, from the Bible. James isn't saying that faith by itself isn't enough for our salvation. That's not what he's saying. We know that it's only by faith that we are saved, that the works of Jesus are what actually saves us. But what James is saying is that if faith doesn't have actions, is there faith actually there in the first place? That a transformed heart should lead to transformed actions, transformed behaviours, right? To do this, to be a people who go, I have been changed and I am going to serve others. I believe we need the help of the Holy Spirit, right? We've talked about this quite a lot this year. How much do we need the help of the Holy Spirit? And we talked a couple of weeks ago about the fruit of the Spirit, right? That love is the main fruit of the Spirit. All the other kind of fruits stem off this idea of actually how we love. Can I tell you that serving others is motivated by our love for others? That if we get a true picture as to how much our Father loves other people, then we will have no problem serving others. Am I making sense? That actually it's a Holy Spirit transformation of love in and through us that helps us serve others. I, um, I don't want to kind of continue on lots today. I really want to just make a really simple reminder today that we are called as followers of Jesus to serve others. No matter what our position is, we are to serve others. When we serve others, we place value on who they are as a person, don't we? Because when we go, I'm going to serve you, we're actually saying, I'm going to put your needs for a second above my own preferences, my own needs. Who knows that sounds a lot like the love Paul was talking about in, in Corinthians, right? That fruit of the Spirit. I believe that when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, that we are able to serve one another. Now, what's really cool is, as a church, we have lots of opportunities to serve each other, right? And I think about, you know, obviously Sunday gatherings, you would have been served by maybe four or five people this morning, maybe. As you walk through the door, there's a couple of people who, you know, may have said hello, hopefully said hello, made you feel welcome. Chloe nailed it. She was good. And then you may have like gone and got a coffee or a or a chai, or a Sobe got a tea. You know, you might get one of those things and someone else serves you. Mark's been serving us all morning behind the, the sound desk and with the words, and uh, usually we get greeted out in the car. There's lots of places where we can serve one another on a Sunday morning in our gatherings. 
And, and I'd love you to help with that. We, we need as many helpers as we can. Right now, uh, Beck and Jenny are serving all of our kids this morning at last minute notice. How cool is that? But we have a kids team. We have a youth team. There's, there's lots of places for us to serve one another. Now, I know this morning you might be going, uh, man, uh, <laughs> you, might, you might think, I really love my Friday nights. <laughs> Maybe, maybe I won't serve at Rev because, you know, like I really love my Friday nights. Well, I, I'm just asking that you might pray about it. This isn't, a, this isn't like a manipulative, <laughs> you need to serve more at church. This is a, how about we just pray and let's see what the Holy Spirit prompts us to do in those moments. But if you want to help, please come and see me after. I've got heaps of jobs that I can give you in, in a way that we can serve each other when we gather for worship. But. I believe this is more than just about us serving one another at church. Do you know that we have so many opportunities in our week to serve our city? We have so many opportunities to serve our family, that we have so many opportunities to serve our neighbourhood in our workplace. One of the things I love about uh, being part of our movement, being part of the Salvation Army, is this idea that obviously uh, we want to see people rescued for eternity. Only Jesus can do that, right? And we love that. That message of salvation is good news, isn't it? It's good news for all. But do you know what? I believe that Jesus asks us to bring heaven to earth too. That there is a call for us to see people rescued from the hell that they're living in right now too. We know that only Jesus can save for eternity, but don't we have a role as followers of Jesus to, to see people rescued from the hell that they're living in now? And do you know that there are many, many opportunities where we can take a step in that direction by serving those around us? Do you know your neighbours? The last couple of years, if you haven't noticed, have been tough, haven't they? Right now, the financial pressure is huge on lots of people. Living costs. I can tell you that we've noticed living costs increase. I don't know if you have, but with, with petrol kind of rising, with groceries rising, people are under stress that we actually have many, many ways in which we can serve those around us, don't we? That we can help. At the moment, um, there are lots of people who are unwell. There's got to be ways that we can serve those who are unwell at the moment, isn't there? Even in amongst us. I'm sure that if we went through, we could name like at least 20 people, at least 20 who aren't here because of sickness. And I wonder if there's some way which we could serve each other this week in that way. I know that there's plenty of you who have made meals for other families that you've, but maybe it's just a phone call. Maybe it's just a voice just saying, how can I serve you this week? What can I do for you? Surely we can bless and serve each other. I, I, I put down as well, not just asking people what they need. 
Because I know what I'm like. Someone will say to me, Nath, how can, we, how can we serve you and bless you this week? And I'm like, I'm fine, right? That's most of our response. How can we think of ways in which we could serve one another this week? I told you it was simple this morning, right? Yeah? It's pretty simple. We serve one another. We put someone else's needs above ours for a moment. Can we just pray? I believe the next step is we ask the Holy Spirit to help us. This has to take action because it's a good thought, isn't it? I think, I think if we went to most people in the world and said we should serve each other, they're like, yeah, that's good. But let's get the Holy Spirit to uh, empower us to do that. that. This not just be a good idea, but this transform into an action. And I wonder even now, we'll ask the Holy Spirit to kind of quicken our minds to think of someone that we can serve even by the end of today. Let's pray. God, you are good. We, we just love your kingdom values. Do you know every time we look at your kingdom values, Jesus, we can see our world could be so much better. We see your plan of redemption for our world, how you're renewing our world. We see how you can bring heaven to earth. Holy Spirit, we love good ideas and we just ask right now that that good idea of serving each other transforms our heart, but it also ends in action. Bring to our mind right now, Holy Spirit, people who need help right now. People who would be blessed by us serving them. But bring that transformation we ask in the name of Jesus. Come and do your work, Holy Spirit, in these moments. Thank you, God. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand. Uh, Dan's holding a baby at the moment, but you want to hand that off? <laughs> I'm going to ask you to stand. Um, I, want, I want us to kind of do something physical, right? Not like, I'm not going to get you to do star jumps or anything, but I do want you to stand because I, I think that there is something in us uh, a thought, then moving to our bodies and doing something with that. Um, we are going to sing in a second. We're, we're just going to lift up the name of Jesus once more because why wouldn't we? Because we're together. But I'm, I actually want you to chat to the person next to you. Now, I made you stand because you may have to move around a little bit to, to get to someone. And I just want you to talk for 30 seconds each about maybe is there as an accountability thing? Is there someone that you need to serve? Is there, uh, is there something that you want or need to do and take action in within a day or two, all right? Is that, is that a good enough time frame? Everybody's looking around. Yeah, you with me? 
So talk to the person next to you or you may have to move across the room. That's fine. 30 seconds each. Serving one others. What's the action? What's the action? 